Welcome to the Refuge Weekly Podcast. We are a church in and for the City of Orange in Southern California. The heart of Refuge OC is to introduce and reintroduce people to a clearer vision of God. To learn more about us and how you can get involved, please visit us at refugeoc.com. And now, here is our latest message. First of all, I want to uh, give greetings from my family who is in North Carolina right now, uh, my wife Dara and our children. Uh, Max is here, uh, Mary, Jack, and Ben. We have a whole slew of them, um, and they're there. So if everybody could just wave at the camera just real quick, that one right there, just say hi to them. I miss them. We normally do most of our traveling together. Um, my sister is joining from Phoenix, Arizona online. I just got a text message there. So if you guys want to wave at Journey and just say hi, Journey. Um, so anyway, um, what a joy to be here. Um, I really feel strongly um, about the message that God's put in my heart uh, for this church family. Um, I love your pastor. Um, I love this team. Um, I love his family. Uh, pastor Sean, the, the worship team, absolutely beautiful. Um, and this is what I, um, I, I kind of want to set the whole thing, and I want you guys to look at your clocks, because I'm going to do this in 20 minutes or less, because we're outside. It's a little warm, right? So I want you guys to stay with me for just 20 minutes, okay? But what we're doing here is just vitally important. Vitally important. I was on the phone this morning with somebody walking through a devastating divorce. I was walking this past week with somebody dealing with incredible sickness. And the two things that I got out of those moments was that they were holding on to their faith even in the midst of not knowing what was going on. Like not, Lord, how did this even happen? How have we gotten here? And we see death and we see pain and we see suffering all around us. So what we're doing here is like this anchor that holds us when we're weak, right? It's like this anchor that, that we set down this anchor of faith and we say, Lord, in spite of everything else, you are good. Because Philippians 4 tells me that when I fix my eyes on Jesus, no matter what it is that I'm walking through, that I can have peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I pray that over this church family. I pray that we would just kind of understand the next 20 minutes, we're going to really dig into some stuff that says that you play a part in not only embracing this beauty that is available to us and choosing it again. For those of you guys that have already given your heart to Jesus, we choose that daily to lay down the things of this world that are trying to hold us back and we choose Jesus again. And maybe for some of you guys that are exploring matters of faith, maybe for the first time, whether you're with us here this morning or maybe you're joining us online, maybe for the first time you can say, that's what I've been looking for all along. So if we could, for together, why don't we stand together, just real quick, and let's just ask God that he would actually speak to us, okay? So if you're at, if you're at home, maybe just even just change your position. Maybe put, put your palms out like this, everybody with us right here. Jesus, I pray that as we come to you in the next just little bit that we get to share with uh, each other this morning, that you would take from me that which is not from you, the anxiety and fear and pain, the lack of purpose, the things that are, that are uh, from the enemy. I pray that you would take those things away and I lift up my hands to you. I put out my hands before you and I say, Lord, would you give me peace that surpasses all understanding? Would you give me healing in the midst of brokenness? Would you give me something that is from you that I cannot give myself? And so, Lord, I thank you for that, and I'm so grateful to be here today. I pray, God, that the words that I speak this morning would glorify you, not myself. 
And Lord, speak sweetly to everybody that's joining us online and everybody that's joining us under this tent and around this tent and even the neighbors that might be listening without telling us. In Jesus' name, amen. I also want to give it up for the guy next door that stopped um, doing the saw. That was nice. That was, that was really, really good. I was, I was going to go with it and just kind of roll with it, but, um, but that's that. Uh, guys, obviously this morning we are uh, in Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. I don't want to uh, go much beyond this moment without just saying out loud um, that when everything else seems to be going a certain direction, God has always set apart somebody, right? And God set apart Martin Luther King Jr. to to speak against the way culture was going. And he said something that was really interesting. We've got it up here on the screen. He said, our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about things that matter. And I want you guys to think about the things that are going on in the world around us right now. There's plenty of conversation fodder about the things that are going on in the world around us, right? Anything going on like this week, you know, next couple of days? Like, but what I want to know is what really matters, like what really, really matters in this life because we have but this blip on the radar screen for us to be able to embrace this life. And what I want you guys to know is to me, the things that matter the most and everything else starts to take care of itself is that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter and the finisher of our faith, right? We fix our eyes on him and then we start to share his love with others. That's the whole premise of the book is that we embody the presence of Jesus. We take on his characteristics of who we are in Christ, and then we share that with the world around us. Revelation 21.4 gives this beautiful picture of what the world should be, and it says that at the end, that Jesus, that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying, and no more pain. All of these things are gone forever. And this is what theologians refer to in these moments when we look at the world around us, we, we talk about these moments that are called already and not yet. So we have these moments where it's like we can experience the beauty of God and the, the, just the absolute stunning beauty of who he is already right now. And we just experienced some of that uh, when we are worshiping together. And Isabella and the team and everybody, you guys did such a beautiful job of just helping us to, in the midst of all the chaos of everything that's going on around us, to just take a deep breath and say, man, you turn something about gardens and, and what, what was it? Graves. graves into gardens. I was paying attention. I was lost in the moment, all right? Turn graves into gardens. But then we have these things that are the not yet moments, and we experience those in our families, and we experience those on the phone calls that I mentioned this morning, and it's the reality of this brokenness of the world around us. And guys, what I want you to understand this morning is that God is still speaking to people in the midst of their brokenness. God is still speaking to us and he's giving us direction and he's giving us comfort. He's giving us hope and he's giving us healing in the midst of it. God is still speaking no matter what is happening with our culture because this revelation verse that I just said, if you just look around our neighborhoods, it doesn't look like that, does it? No more sickness, no more death, no more pain. And I want you all to remember this, that hope in Jesus, it pulls us forward while the world is trying to bring us backwards, okay? And so I want you guys to, to kind of catch, if you are taking notes this morning, feel free to take out your phone or whatever. There's this word that maybe um, you guys have heard and maybe not. It's called remnant, all right? There's a word called remnant. 
And the word remnant means that a small group of people that God has set apart to deliver salvation and justice to their culture. And what I am telling you today is that when I started to pray about coming here, people have been asking me for the last several months to come and preach the same message over and over. Give us the book talk. Give us the book talk. And I mean, it's all about Jesus, so it's like it's great, and I get passionate about it. But when Brenton was like, hey, we do this thing called the lectionary where we just kind of look through the, the scriptures, and if you want to take a look at that, we could. I was like, yes, I would love to do the lectionary, right? And when I started to pray about refuge, I started to think to myself, God has set apart this beautiful church family I felt that from the moment that I met Brenton and Sean, that God has set apart refuge and the people of refuge for the purpose of delivering salvation to this culture. Now, what I want you to realize is that if you are exploring matters of faith, I want you to know that first and foremost, it's not about you being used for something. It's about being who you are, forgiven and free in Jesus But then once you're in the family and you find yourself forgiven and free, what happens in our faith, the greatest commandment says that I'm going to love God with all my heart, all my soul, my mind, and my strength. But it doesn't stop there, does it? It doesn't stop there. I'll tell you that. You guys are like, like, I don't know. It doesn't stop there. It says that I need to love my neighbor as myself. And now all of a sudden there's this, this inward, beautiful, intimate relationship with God that then we embody that presence for the world around us. And what I want to tell you guys today is that no matter what the world is doing all around us, that you who have chosen Jesus as your Savior, you have a purpose and a role to bring this beautiful message of Jesus to the world around you. This is not just to gather under a tent and to enjoy each other. That's a huge part of it. And I'm enjoying myself right now. Right? It's not just to join online and to get a good word from the pastor. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. But there's a dual part of the greatest singular commandment. You cannot separate loving God with all your heart from doing something about it in the world around you. Right? And so what I want you guys to see this morning is as I was thinking about this stuff with Remnant and this, this small sliver of society that, that's been called and anointed to do something to bring and deliver justice to the world around us, I keep on thinking about like the leadership that has gone before us, the leaders in our country and the leaders of people that are taking this world and just dragging us into the mud. And this person out of a, um, a commentary that I read, his name's Elmer Martins, he said this, the doctrine of remnant, and I want you guys to catch this, is in part that a failure, uh, that failure of a larger body will not impair, will not impair God's purposes, which means that whatever's going on in the world around us, you want to know who's bigger and stronger and more beautiful and more holy, more righteous, more stunningly amazing, and yow, is God is God, and he has called and anointed you to be this little sliver of orange. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. That was actually a really good joke that I didn't mean to do. None of you laughed, but I'm really enjoying myself right now. A sliver of orange, a remnant. Okay, so um, I'm going to move on from that. I get really distracted by myself sometimes. Yeah, regroup. So there's a small group of people that God always uses. I could go, I could teach the whole time on this. I'm not going to because I got to open up 1 Samuel 3. But here's the deal. God has always used unexpected people. So you feel unqualified? Welcome to the club. 
You feel like maybe your sin is too great to be used by God. Welcome to the club. You feel ashamed or you feel uncertain or you feel like maybe you're not good enough. I don't know who he used to deliver an entire nation that he had to speak to hundreds of thousands of people. He used a, st- a, st- a, st- a, st- a stutterer to communicate the message of freedom. He used a stutterer. I was talking to Max this morning about, he said, he said how do you feel? I said, I feel good about what I'm going to say, but I also feel this weakness of not exactly knowing what's going to happen. And he said, well, does that make you insecure? And I said, no, it it makes me feel like God is trying to say something today. Because in my weakness that he is strong, right? And so you guys are called and anointed. And it's really important for me to to share this with you. Like beyond, beyond what's going on in culture, beyond what maybe your mom or your dad or your grandparents or influential people in your life depicted faith to be or didn't depict it at all, Because we have this story that is just so gripped my heart in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And when you guys are reading the Bible, I want you guys to remember that we're reading stories that that really happened. And so we look at the characters, we look at everybody around in the scriptures, we look at what's going on, and we start to say, man, I wonder what that would have been like, trying to to get yourself into the story. And so we've got some characters here, and I want you to think, what did they see, and what did they feel, and what did they hear in these moments? And so Samuel has been given over from his mother to be raised in the temple because she was miraculously given a baby boy. And she said, I want this boy to be raised, to be used by God. And so she put him over to the temple so that he would be able to to learn and grow. But what happened when he was raised in the temple is that he was supposed to be learning of the ways of the Lord, and he did, but he was growing up in a religious culture that actually wasn't honoring God. So he was growing up in this culture that had misinformed so many people of what it meant to be the people of God, and his leader was a man named Eli with a pretty spotty track record for a priest. Okay, I can't get into all of the stuff with with Eli this morning, but I want you guys to know that Eli was used mightily by God. This is something that we always refer to as duality. He was really used by God, and he was also real dumb at times. And so if you feel real dumb at times, you can still be used by God, I promise you, okay? But Eli was this man that was supposed to be investing into Samuel. And so it says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, you can read along with me on the screen. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. So, so Samuel is the young man. Eli is his mentor. Now in those days, the messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. Now here's something that I want you guys to catch from this. It doesn't say that the Lord wasn't speaking. It just says that the messages from the Lord were very rare In the context of this, we see Eli, a priest in the temple. Notice it doesn't say whether he was a good or bad priest in this moment. It just says that the messages of the Lord were rare. Now, I'm kind of thinking that as I look at the context of this, some of this might have had to do with the way that he was raising his kids completely unruly because if you just back up a little bit to 1 Samuel chapter 2, this is the way that his sons, so the priest, the one that's supposed to be like pointing the entire culture towards God, had fallen down on the job that's the most important one that he had, which was to be there for his babies, right? And this is the way, this is the way that he describes, the Bible describes their sons. Uh, now, the sons of Eli's were, were Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or their duties as priests. So Eli wasn't like winning the game as a parent, and the sons were basically taking all of the benefits of what it meant for them 
to be priests and using it for their own gain. They did this really weird thing in the, in the scriptures where they would sacrifice animals to the Lord as like absolving their sins and stuff like that. And, and the sons would go in there and they would stick a fork in the things and be like, oh, that looks good. And literally like take it and go eat it. So these guys weren't like the best, all right? So it doesn't say that the messages of the Lord were, were not happening, but I think that the reason that they were rare, and this is something that I want to say to you guys. I just think that Eli wasn't listening very good. And I think that his sons were more worried about position and power than they were about listening for the sweetness of the voice of the Lord. Because what I see as this passage continues to go is something that I'm going to say probably 10 more times, is that the Lord is still speaking. And there's some people in this place and there's some people joining us online. You need to know the Lord is still speaking. This is one of the most confusing seasons for anybody that we have ever lived through. And the Lord is still speaking, no matter what's going on culturally. The Lord is still speaking, but I'm wondering if there's some people here that are willing to listen. One night, Eli, who was almost blind, had gone to bed. The lamp of the, uh, the Lord had not gone out yet. Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of the Lord. And suddenly the Lord called out Samuel. So, so Samuel has never experienced this before. So maybe some of you guys have never heard the voice of God before. Uh, listen, I'm 41 years old. I have committed my, in my whole entire life as much as I know how to, to the Lord. And I still don't exactly know what the voice of the Lord sounds like. It's probably something like Brenton's. Um, but I don't know exactly. So he didn't know what was going on either. So Eli, um, it, so Samuel is, is, is being spoken to by the Lord and he does what I think is really normal. Um, it says, yes, Samuel pride. What is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli says back to him, I didn't call you go back to bed. So he did. So this happens a couple of times here. Then the Lord called out to Samuel again. Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And again, Eli, who the messages of the Lord were rare in this moment, hadn't tuned his ear yet, like an old radio dial. This one's not going to hit for all of you uh, teenagers in the room. But they used to have these radio things where you had to turn it and go, <laughs> like that. And I think that Eli's radio wasn't tuned in very good to the voice of the Lord. So two times, Samuel's running to him. No, man, um, I, didn't, I didn't say anything to you. Look at verse 7. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. He had never had a message from the Lord before. Now, guys, I want you to understand this. If you've never heard the voice of God, I just told uh, the leadership team last night, I've had some really disappointing moments along the way where I thought I was listening to the voice of God and it just didn't work out. But if you've never heard the voice of God before, it's kind of a little bit of a, it's a little bit of a dance, right? You get it right sometimes, you don't get it right sometimes, and it's okay. But what doesn't change is the fact that God is still speaking to his kids. He's still speaking to you, and there's something that God has for this church family that's absolutely stunning. And even more than that, there's something that God has for you. That if you've never embraced Jesus and the freedom that comes with Jesus, the freedom that comes from knowing that you are forgiven. God, the very first thing that he wants to speak to you is you are mine and you are free and I have created you for purpose. And I want you guys to remember that God is still speaking. Now remember, this isn't Samuel's fault. 
He's doing what's logical, right? He's running to the person that's supposed to be speaking to him and teaching him. But I also want you guys to know this. God is beyond logic. So some of you guys that are, I don't know, I'll say it real nice. You guys are overthinkers, right? Um, I, I, I would fall into that category too. So I am like um, joining you in the overthinking club. But sometimes it's just as simple as saying, yes, God. Like, is that, is that for me? Is that something that you're trying to speak to me? See, Samuel didn't know how to do that. But the same God that created you in your mother's womb, Psalm 139, is the same one that would know how to, doesn't that make sense? Like, if he, if he made you, don't you think he knows how to talk to you? And so the message that's been burning in my heart for the past week is that God is still speaking but are you going to take the time to listen? And if he did speak to you, are you running to Brenton or are you running to Sean? Or are you running, running to one of the leaders that are in this church family and saying, hey, uh, this is what I'm thinking. What do, you, what do you think? When maybe it could just be as simple as God. I don't know what I'm doing, but speak to me. Speak to me. Verse eight, so the Lord called a third time. <laughs> it's a good thing God didn't give up, right? Once more, Samuel got up, went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Eli finally had this moment like, oh, okay, there we go. Um, he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. If someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. In verse 10, it says this, and the Lord came and called as before Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now here, I'm not going to get into all of the, the, the rest of the context of this, but this is what was happening. There's a really hard message. The religious leaders of the day weren't listening to the voice of God, but it didn't mean that God wasn't speaking. And so he chose somebody unexpected. He chose a boy that was being trained by imperfect leaders. He chose a boy that had all this potential, but had just never seen it before. And he chose a boy that he said, if I'll speak to this young man, maybe he will respond to me in a way that the leaders have not responded. Now guys, we could have a ton of commentary here, which I won't get into right now, on church culture and the things that we celebrate in church culture of size and offerings and, and all of these different things that mean nothing as it relates to the beauty of the kingdom of God, which is embracing the love of Jesus and then sharing it with the world around us. But what I believe is that God has set apart a group of people. And I believe that you are those people, a little sliver of this society, a little sliver of this community, of this neighborhood, of this magical place called Southern California. I brought a jacket because it's January. That's sitting right there. I'm sweating profusely right now. It's January, and I, anyway. But what if the Lord was speaking to you today? Is your heart in position to hear it? Because you may not think that he's speaking because you may not think that he would talk to you. And I'm trying to make eye contact with everybody here. Like from this guy back here doing the camera thing, Right? God can speak to you. I, I'd imagine that Samuel was no, no more than whatever age you are, probably like 18 or 19 and strong, right? Something like that. But maybe God's been trying to speak all along. 
And I just wonder, are we ready to hear? Because the message that he'll give is a message to bring salvation to you, to your home, to your community. It's a message of freedom. It's a message of unity in the midst of the most polarizing time of my entire life on four decades on planet Earth. I have never seen our culture more divided, but maybe he's speaking a message to you of unity. Maybe he's speaking a message to you of fill your home with people that don't look like you or don't come from the same economic class as you to model the love and the life of Jesus as you embody the presence of Jesus to the world around you. The message that God gave to Samuel was not easy, but it was salvation. He had to go and correct the very person that was supposed to be teaching him, correct the brothers that were off doing their own thing. It was a message of correction, but correction is always loving when it's coming from the Lord. Because what he was trying to do was bring this community back together again, centered around the principles of Jesus and his beauty, or of God at this time, and his beauty, and the message that ultimately would be the message of Jesus. And so as we're getting ready to close down, I don't know what I did with the 20 minutes thing. I think we're right around there. But sometimes when I like freestyle, I'm like, I don't care what I said 20 minutes ago. Like, I'm, we're just going to keep going, you know? Like, we're just, but I'm not going to do that to you today. I think the thing that I would ask you guys this morning is like, do you want to be a part of the remnant? Because the remnant is this small group of people that God's going to use to deliver justice, salvation, healing, and freedom. And then I would ask you guys and say, do you think that you're not good enough for that? Because if you don't think that you're good enough for that, that's, that's probably true. But through Jesus, he redeems my heart and my brokenness and my dirtiness. And he sets me on a path that's uniquely for me, for his glory. There is not one person listening today that cannot be used by God to deliver justice and salvation, your own heart first, and then we move out from there. And the message that God has for refuge this morning, I don't know exactly what it is, but maybe one of you does. So let's practice. Let's bow our heads together. God, unlike the Old Testament, I don't need a priest to come to you. You gave me Jesus. And so first and foremost, before we do anything else, maybe there are some people that are joining us this morning on this corner, this really beautiful corner of the earth. Or maybe there's some people joining us online in different parts of the country. And maybe the thing that you need to hear first is that Jesus is calling out to you. Before anything else that you're going to be used to do, he's calling out to you. And he's saying, I stand at the door and I knock and I knock and I knock and I knock and I will never barge in. But if you invite me in, I will bring you salvation and I will bring you forgiveness and I will bring you healing and I will bring you deliverance and I will bring you everything that you could have never imagined. Peace on this earth. And it just says, Lord, I accept your gift of grace. I accept your gift and I give my heart to you. Maybe some of you are praying that this morning 
as you're joining us. And that's the most important thing that you can pray. That's the most important thing that you can hear from God is that you are his and you are loved in spite of all of your weaknesses and all of your failures, in spite of all of your gifts and all of your talents, which are many, God loves you for who you are created in his image. And so first and foremost, we pray God that people would hear the voice of God saying that he loves you, he cares for you, and he sent Jesus so that you could go straight to him with a pure heart. And then there are others, God, that are in this place, and I believe this with all of my being, that when I look at this assembled crowd today, outside underneath this tent, and I think about the people that are joining us online, I think there's a bunch of us that would say, I don't really know how to hear the voice of God. But the only thing that Eli, when he finally figured out what was going on, the only thing that he said back to Samuel was he said, just go back and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He didn't tell him how to listen. He didn't tell him how to tune his ear specifically. He just said, make yourself available. And Lord, I'm wondering if there is a remnant right here on this little corner in Orange, California. A group of people that will tune their ear to the Lord and simply say, I make myself available for you, God. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Now, I want everybody to look at me one last time here because I want to tell you something. It's the last thing I'm going to say. God is still speaking. still speaking. God is still speaking. He's still speaking. God is still speaking. He's still speaking, but are we listening? He's still speaking. Right? He's still speaking to us. Guys, he's still speaking to us. So speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. We believe in community and would love to connect with you. If you have any questions or would like to speak to a pastor, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at refugechurchoc. We hope to see you again soon.